0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope. On anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Yes. I'd rather lose with golf than lose with John Wolford. If I'm a Rams fan, if I'm going to go down, let me go down with the guy who's supposed to be the greatest thing in the world. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Sam. Welcome to Opposite Picks on this uh, Sunday morning, January 17th, right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204, and your local radio affiliates. I am Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E-Picks, P-I-C-K-S email me go to my website oppositepicks.com hit the contact scott icon and fire away emails tweets phone calls again right here on a sunday opposite picks morning with yours truly uh scott wetzel well two down two to go green bay sends the rams packing shuffling out of buffalo with a loss there's no crying in football uh james harden brooklyn nets debut what the fudge was that uh, last gas for drew over and out in the NHL. well that sucks uh, dollar signs in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's the guy I want running my offense. Uh, so much for personal reasons. This JT's no replacement. And another example of how you just can't beat the boys in Vegas. We'll get to all those stories again. Plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here <clears throat> on this Sunday, January 17th. What's going on, LLs, loyal listeners? Yep, two games down and uh, two more to go on this uh, Sunday of football divisional round two. Yesterday with Buffalo knocking off Baltimore in the late game, 17-3. Packers uh, take care of the Rams in the first game, 32-18. So we got two more today. Uh, It'll be Kansas City and Cleveland. If uh, Cleveland wins, eh, we should start with Kansas City. If Kansas City wins, then uh, they host Buffalo next week. If Cleveland should be able to pull off the upset, their 10-point dog then uh, Buffalo would host Cleveland next week. The other one is said it's going to be in green Bay Packers, the number one seed, so they'll host, the winner of our late game, which is new Orleans against Tampa Bay. So that that's the four uh, setups uh, for today. You're either going to get Kansas city or Cleveland or new Orleans or uh, Tampa Bay advancing as again, the Packers and uh, Buffalo bills did yesterday. You know, a couple of things that we're going to get uh, before we are through, we'll give you your picks for uh, this upcoming uh, two games. Uh, we'll look back obviously on yesterday's stuff. We got some NBA news to get to, uh, some more NFL stuff, more head coaching news that we're going to throw into the mix. Uh, encouraging news for Miami Dolphin fans as the pendulum swings back and forth on whether Deshaun Watson will really be traded or not. I kind of doubt it, to tell you the truth, but, you know, last week we thought, yes. Uh, then there was, uh, you know, reports out of Miami, at least with the Dolphins anyway, that uh, said they were in love with Tua still. And now there's more reports about Sean Watson still being upset about his situation with the Houston Texans. I tell you, he is coming across like a baby. I, I must say that, you know, for those Dolphin fans that I spoke with and any other fan base for that matter that might be interested in training for this guy, he, he's not exactly coming off good. You know, you don't want James Harden coming to your team. You know, we, we got enough prima donnas in the sports world, so it's it's not really a good look. I don't know if it's necessarily him, his people trying to put pressure on the Texans. You know, I don't doubt for a second he saw what Harden did and said, okay, you know what, if he pressured the Rockets to trade me, then I can do the same thing. So – uh, we'll get to all that stuff right here on an opposite Picks Sunday. Morning, here's release. Scott Wetzel sitting in. We'll get our poll question up there. Pretty easy poll question today. Uh, keep it nice and simple. little popcorn replacement radio stuff. Who's the best play today? Simple as that. Uh, you want to put uh, New Orleans lane three. You want Tampa Bay plus the three. You want Kansas City lane ten. And then I put the proverbial other in there because uh, even though you may think there's only one more option, actually there's some over-unders you could be playing as well. So that's the poll question. Go to your opposite picks feed and get your vote in. And we'll update that a few times before we are through. All right, let's start with the football stuff. We'll start with the second game. This is the guy, you know, when Bill Polian made news, uh, you know, three years ago and said that Lamar Jackson couldn't make it as an NFL quarterback, he's going to have to be a running back in the NFL. This is the guy that we are – or he was talking about. And I had mentioned that last week, you know, and that's what really Polian should be saying. As much as that's still thrown in his face all the time, you know, what he should have been saying – and should be saying now as well, you know, what I meant was he wasn't able to win football games by throwing it. You know, little did he realize that the NFL was going to turn into college football and running backs would be – and running quarterbacks would be running the football all over the place like running backs and rules would be changed and not allowed to breathe on a quarterback without a penalty, this, that, whatever. But what he was referring to is Lamar Jackson dropping back the pass and throwing for 300 yards and winning football games with his arm. And we saw again yesterday – He just doesn't, you know, he can't do it at this point. I'm not saying he won't be able to somewhere along the line. But at this point, uh, you know, when he's been given the opportunity and been asked, and it hasn't been that often. Baltimore was a pretty good team. But when he's been asked to drop back the pass, five-step drop, and throw the football, don't scramble around, don't move out of the pocket, don't be able to see the wide-open field, just drop back and pass the football, he can't do it. And we saw, you know, Bills did a great job yesterday – of doing, you know, just that, keeping him in the pocket, making him to throw the football. And I got to tell you, that was one of the worst game plans. These coaches are just bozos. I, I mean, I I don't understand it at all. <clears throat> First possession for Baltimore, right? They, they run the ball down the Bills' throat, right down the field they go, handoff after handoff after handoff. Now they miss a field goal, but it's like they move the football 60 yards. And that, that, that was basically the end of their running game. Man, it made no sense whatsoever. All right, we'll break it all down. Just getting started on this Sunday morning, eight and a half minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in on
0: sports grid. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Bill is in the backfield, flanking Jackson. Stays in the block. Jackson fires, and that will be intercepted in the end zone by Johnson. Karen Johnson, and only Jackson can stop him now. Too late to the end zone. Touchdown. And you just simply don't see that underneath player. NBC Sports, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth with the call there. That that was it. You know, th- th- there's your play of the game. Late third, Buffalo leading at 10-3. Baltimore driving uh, right around the nine-yard line or so. Back to pass goes uh, our guy, uh, Lamar Jackson. And it really it was a silly pass. He threw it over the middle. I don't know how he didn't see the linebacker or the defensive back there. The three guys there. And he threw it right to him, basically, and he took it down the right sidelines, 101 yards. Uh, Teron Johnson, touchdown, instead of it being 10-10, or more than likely 10-6, that was third down. I don't know if they would have gone for it or not, pro- probably not, uh, you know, from the nine-yard line, fourth down, late, late third quarter. I don't know, that that would have been interesting. I, I, I would assume no, but, uh, you know, it, instead of it being 10-10 or 10-6, it was 17-3. Next possession, you know, Lamar gets hurt, and that that's really the end of the game. Uh, 17-3, Buffalo wins. And I want to give you a play-by-play of the first drive that the uh, the Baltimore Ravens had. First play from scrimmage, uh, after the kickoff, obviously, from scrimmage, 12 yards run from Gus Edwards. Next play, 10 yards run, Gus Edwards. Next play, J.K. Dobbins, 9-yard <clears throat> <nine-yard> run. <clears throat> Next play, uh, they did lose a yard running the football. Uh, Next play, Lamar Jackson's got to run the football. God forbid, but five yards. Uh, Then the next play, he was pushed out of bounds for seven yards, seven-yard gains. So you had gains running the football of 12, 10, 9, minus 1, 5, 7. Timeout, Baltimore. Not not even Buffalo. You know, Baltimore is driving. They have it at the Buffalo 40-yard line. They got the Bills on their heels. And for whatever reason, uh, Baltimore decides to call timeout. From that point on the running game got thrown out the window and it was the Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson show whether it was rushing or trying to throw the football hey Lamar Jackson after that first down uh, tries to throw a pass and complete for one yard Gus uh, Edwards did have one run up the up the middle for one yard <clears throat> but fortunately there was a penalty against uh, Buffalo they gave uh, you know Baltimore first down. Then they tried throwing the ball again. Lamar Jackson sacked for minus eleven yards. Lamar Jackson only for two yards. Lamar Jackson short pass, and that lets go field goal, the first of two that uh, Tucker clunked off the upright. <clears throat> I mean, but that first sequence, they were running the ball down their throats. I mean, they had two guys, not one. They had two guys, Edwards and Dobbins, both rushed for over four yards a carry, both identical, amazing, ten yard or ten carries for forty-two yards. And and they were just hell-bent on on making Lamar Jackson be a passer. I I don't get it. Bills had one of the worst defenses against the run, and they went into that thing thinking they were going to throw the football. Lamar Jackson, in in two and a half quarters, almost three to be fair, threw 24 times. That's going to average out to eight uh, passes a quarter if that plays out. And he would have thrown even more considering they were losing – 17-3, had he played the fourth quarter, he was on pace to throw the football about 35 to 40 times. You're not going to win that way with him. You're just not. You know, Chris Collinsworth may sugarcoat it all he wants. I love these announcers who don't have the balls and just say what everyone else is thinking. You know, they they say the Baltimore offense isn't geared towards, uh, you know, third and long, second and long. What what does that mean? Go, Go ahead and say it. Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. That's what you're telling us. You know, you don't say that about Aaron Rodgers, right? You don't say that about a Tampa Bay. You don't say that about the Saints. You don't say that about a bunch of other teams that can actually throw the football. What you're saying is that Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. That's what it means. You know, if you're faced with third and eight, third and nine, and you're saying that's why they're not winning, well, then go ahead and call it then. Say it. Lamar Jackson can't throw. 14 of 24 for 162 yards. They're running the ball down the Bills' throat, and these dopes want to throw the football with Lamar Jackson. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, again, 24 passes in less than three quarters. If you look at Lamar Jackson's game log this year, full games. Tennessee last week in a win. Close game, not blowouts. I'll give you, you know, realistically the, the close games. 24 passes in four quarters. Week before against Cincinnati, 18 attempts. Week before against the Giants, a relatively close game, 26. Week before, 22. Week before, 17. Week before, 17. I mean, he doesn't throw the football 25, 30 times a game. That's not his M.O. That's just not it. You know, and it's no coincidence that, oh, by the way, those are the wins. Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants, Cincinnati, Tennessee. When we talk about how the, the Ravens are playing their best football of the season, that's it. And, and notice a pattern here? Does throw for 29 times. Oh, loss. Does throw for 34 times. Oh, loss. Does throw for 26, uh, 28 times. Oh, loss. Does throw for 28 times again. Oh, loss. The only time. Lamar, this is very uh, good job, there, Scott. The, the only time that Lamar Jackson has thrown for more than 26 times and won is against the Bungles way back in uh, October when he had 20, uh, when he had 37 attempts and a 27-3 win for some reason. Other than that, he's lost 28 times. Kansas City loss, 27 times or uh, 28 times. Uh, Pittsburgh loss. Thirty-four times New England lost. Twenty-nine times Tennessee lost. Did have one against Philadelphia. Twenty-seven. But you get the point. When he throw, when they have to throw the football, they don't win. And that that's just not his game. And that's the guy, Bill Polian, to wrap it all up in a bow, was the guy he was talking about. Drop back to pass, throw the football, win games not his M.O., all right? So we know that. I I don't really think that's ever going to change. You're three years into the league, you know, maybe, but I don't think that's changing. I mean, he was missing receivers yesterday that were just wide open. I mean, just wide open. So you know that going in. So my whole point of this is what are they doing with a game plan that has Lamar Jackson on pace to throw the football 35 times? I mean, it's nuts, especially when they're having success on the ground. You know, they, they ended up running for 150 yards and on 32 carries. That's nearly five yards a pop. I mean, it's just uh, – now they were helped out by uh, Tyler Huntley, a uh, 19-yard run late in the game. But still, they, they were going to average over four yards a carry. That, that should have been their game plan. I uh, mean, uh, just just stupid. You know, you wonder why sometimes these coaches – Uh, They're going to go home tonight and they're going to say, boy, why didn't we win? You know, Lamar got hurt, I guess. That's why we lost. No, that's not why you lost. You were losing that game anyway. Uh, It it was 17-3 at that point, and you were backed up deep inside your own territory, early fourth quarter, late third. You weren't winning that game. You weren't. You, you lost that football game because your offense was uh, the worst offensive game plan in the history of running quarterbacks. We have a running quarterback against a defense that can't stop the run, and we're going to go in throwing the football. Just stupid. Just, you just talk about outsmarting yourself. Man, you got a know-nothing game uh, out of Josh Allen yesterday. I, I say that because he only threw for 200 yards. If I would have told ba- uh, Baltimore fans that Josh Allen – would throw for 206 yards and only one touchdown, sacked a couple of times as well, and Buffalo would have ran for 32 yards. Yes, you heard that right, 32. I don't think Buffalo, you talk about weird game plans. Uh, you know, if you watch the game, I'm sure you thought I was going to talk about Buffalo's. I don't think they ran the ball one time in the first half. I kid you not. I, I, I if, if it was, it was late in the first half. But they had gone... Basically, the entire first half without running the ball one time. And in the end, if you eliminate Josh Allen's scrambles, they ran the football nine times, 32 yards. You talk about strange game plans. Both of those teams. Very, very weird. But Buffalo comes out on top so they can say there's, there's the Weiss. Amazing. Very weird. All right, 21 past the hour. We'll get to the Packers and Rams. That is coming up next on this Sunday morning opposite pick. On a fake looking pump in Rodgers. Running, and he's in! Touchdown, Green Bay! Rodgers. Watching a little Lamar Jackson tape. <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. Sports with the call there as uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, does throw for two, run for another as Green Bay tops the L.A. Rams 32-18. That was my best play on the board yesterday. I, I love Green Bay yesterday. Yeah, the Rams actually played a little bit better than I thought. Never did I think they were going to win the game. A little bit of concern about them covering, but you know once they got a little close, then uh, you know Green Bay and Rodgers just exercised their will and would score again. They scored in their first five possessions. First five. They punted only twice all game. You know the the dopey announcers, uh, Daryl Johnson, but right? he's just just he's brutal. I mean, he is just as clueless as clueless can be. Uh, I'll get to him in a second, but um, you know, every single time that Green Bay thought maybe they were going to challenge a little bit, and they did for the Rams' credit, but but there there would be Aaron Rodgers leading them right down the field. I mean, five straight possessions, only punted twice. You know, the key to the game. Was the the sequence between the end of the second and the beginning of the third, if there was a key, that that would be it. Uh, Rams get themselves back into the football game three right, three after one. Uh, you know the Packers take a little bit of a lead uh, to go up uh, by a touchdown, six points actually because they botched the extra point. Twenty nine seconds left. All right, after the uh, after the Rams score to make it sixteen ten. Now I'm not going to criticize uh, L. A. That much, but they did call a timeout with about 45 seconds left. Whereas I'm watching and I'm saying, listen, I'm not calling a timeout here. I I got plenty of time. I I have a timeout to to deal with. I'm more concerned about me scoring and giving the Packers the football with, you know, 35, 40 seconds left, 30, whatever it would be. And, you know, Green Bay, these teams just don't give up, right? So they end up scoring with 29 seconds left, which is not the, the worst in the world. However, There's the sequence. Rams score to make it 16-10. Seemingly going to go into halftime down only six after really being outplayed the first half. The Packers, though, hit on a long pass. They're able to kick a field goal before the first half ends. Instead of being up 16-10, now they have their two-score lead again. And they get the football to start the third quarter. First play, third quarter, Aaron Jones runs about 70 yards, sets up another touchdown, and just like that, you know, from a 16-10, okay, you know what, we weathered the storm type of feeling for the L.A. Rams, to all of a sudden you're back down by two scores, 25-10. to And in essence, that was the game. Rams did score late third quarter to make it a one-score game. But again, as soon as they did, Packers went right down the field uh, and they scored on a 58-yard touchdown pass for, to Alan Lazard, who had dropped one earlier. That allowed the Rams to have, you know maybe tie the football game. But that that was it. So, um, you know, but, but L.A. Was, was out of its element. Darren, uh, Aaron Donald didn't play much. Uh, only played about 50% of the snaps. His uh, ribs, I don't know if they're busted ribs. I don't know if they're sore ribs. Um, you know, in, in a couple of different ways, Sean McVay, boy wonder, kind of threw him under the bus at the end of the game. But then he was also consoling him as he's crying on the sidelines. That's something I would expect from a big, fat defensive uh, lineman who's supposed to be the best defensive player in the world that is crying on the sidelines after a loss. Uh, there is no crying in football. But uh, he said afterwards, did Sean McVay boy wonder, that he wasn't on a play count, that he could have played as much as he wanted to. Now, Sean's been in the league long enough to know. When you say something like that, so where does that put the onus? That puts the onus back on Aaron Donald. Are you telling me he's got busted ribs? No. Okay. You're telling me he's okay to play? Yes. You're telling me that basically that he's just dealing with pain? Yeah. He's not going to worry about getting injured further? Not really. And he only played half the time? Yeah. And you lost? Yeah. In large part because you didn't put any pressure on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Well, I know you're trying to help the guy out there, Sean, but, you know, you talk about being thrown under the bus. That's it. You know, the head coach is supposed to protect their star players. You come out and you say, yeah, you know, he kind of was, uh, you know, yeah, we, we had him on a uh, restrictions limit, and we were keeping an eye on him, and his ribs were sore than, we, you know, we anticipated they would be. We didn't want him out there that much. I mean, you protect the guy, for goodness sakes. He's the greatest defensive lineman in the history of mankind that we're being told. Uh, so you don't throw him under the bus saying, yeah, he could have played. He, he, it was up to him. He took himself out of the game. Don't blame us. But he's a good guy, though. Very weak. Uh, You know, you talk about anal athletes, you know, whether it's James Harden, whether it's the Sean Watson, you know, pick a sport, you know, guys that are upset because management doesn't have their backs and they're not kissing their ass and everything else. They're paying them, you know, seven figures every other week. Uh, That's not enough. You know, they like to have their butts kicked. You know, you talk about that, and then you have this situation where he tells the world, listen, I didn't pull him out of the game. Go ask him why he didn't play. You know, he could have played as much as he wanted to. So blame him. Very weak. Very, very weak. Uh, so 32-18, Rogers had a great game. Uh, you know, great may be strong, but he had a very, very good game. You know, 23 of 36, 296. I tell you, I'm amazed. You know, sometimes you watch these games and you look at the numbers and you say, boy, that didn't match up to what I was watching. Um, I can't believe Rodgers ended up throwing the football 36 times because I got to tell you, first half they were just running the ball to death, it, having success. So no, no argument with it at all. I mean, they were running the ball down the Rams' throat. All this talk about how the Rams' defense, you know, uh, Daryl Johnson talking about, well, the Rams got to rely on their defense. And I'm like, hello, hey, hey Daryl, anybody home? You watching the game? Packers have scored five straight times. They've yet to punt, and they can't rely on their defense for goodness sakes. And they just ran and ran and ran and ran. 36 times, 188 yards, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually averages out to over five yards a carry. Rodgers ends up throwing for 36. But I'm telling you, that first half, those drives, they, they were, uh, you know, Hank, Hank Stram matriculated the ball down the field. They, they just ran the ball down the Rams throat. They, they really did. And then whenever they did throw the football, the receivers were wide open. You know, don't tell me about Jalen Ramsey in that secondary, man. And that they were absolutely wide, wide open. Uh, they were getting addressed more than a you know bride on wedding night, for goodness sakes. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't score more than 32 points. Rodgers goes 23 again, of 36 for 296, two touchdowns, not sacked at all, no interceptions. Uh, Jones runs for 99 yards. Uh, Jamal Williams ran for 65. I mean, it was just classic Green Bay Packer offense. They, You know, Rams couldn't stop him running the football, and they couldn't stop him throwing the football. And if not for Lazar dropping an easy touchdown pass, they would have put 39 points on the board. He did make a nice reception on another one, but he had one that was also wide, wide, wide open. I mean, that Rams team, that was the classic case, I think, of a warm-weather team playing at a cold uh, facility. And it wasn't even that that cold. Although Don't tell Pam Oliver that. Uh, very, you know, that I didn't notice it originally, but, you know, she was kind of stumbling and bumbling her words yesterday, and I guess that hit Twitter. A lot of people thought that she might have been drunk. I don't think that. <laughs> I mean, people on Twitter are mean. Uh, I doubt highly, you know, very seriously she was drunk on the sidelines. Thank you very much. She was just probably freezing to death. I mean, she is closing in on 60. You know, not a, you know. I, I I'm surprised when I looked it up. You know, I was reading the story. And they say when she's 59, I'm like, really? Okay, not bad for 59. You know, what I mean, I, I think she, she looks about 49 to tell you the truth. So, uh, good for her for being on the sidelines. But she she was kind of like chewing out her words there a little bit. Uh, Jared Goff goes 21 of 27 for a buck 74, one touchdown, four sacks. Um, they had success running the football, the Rams. Uh, you know, ninety yards out of uh, Cam Akers, but they were just trailing the whole game. That, that they had to throw somewhat. Uh, you know, Woods had eight receptions, and Vance Jefferson stepped in for Cooper Cup. Actually, played fairly well, six receptions, including a touchdown uh, for forty-six yards. But the, the Rams weren't winning that game. Uh, they just weren't. You know, barring some, uh, you know, uh, crazy happening, they're just not. You know, they're not the better team. They just—they're not. You know, there's a reason why they were 10-6 and six this year. They, they were okay. They, they played some good games, and then they laid some clunkers. And yesterday was was one of those clunkers. I mean, you give up 32 points. If I told you before the game the Rams would give up 32 points, I don't think there would be many people that would think that the Rams were going to win that football game, and, and that's what they did. And, and they weren't going to win that game. They were behind the eight ball the whole way. And, and you know, Goofy uh, Moose Johnson, again, another one on him. Well, I, I don't like that crew. I, I don't. I don't think he does a good job at all. I mean, I don't know if he's brain dead. He's had too many hits to the helmet or what. So the Packers go up right 25 to 10, and they go for two. They had missed a one-point conversion earlier in the game, so they want to go for two. Now, there's Moose saying, boy, I can't figure out why they're going to go for two. Why are they chasing points here? And I'm saying to myself, Moose, you know, Take out the calculator. Take out the computer if you want to. If they go for two and they make it, it's a 17-point game. It would be a three-score game. That's when you do go for two, when the risk is worth the reward. And the reward is worth the risk because, obviously, being up three scores, 17 points versus two scores, 15, even if you don't make it, is well worth going for two. You go for one, you're only up 16. It's still a two-score game, theoretically. Two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. I mean, that is the absolute classic, classic time when you do go for two. And his bozo couldn't figure out, saying on the air, boy, I can't figure out his words why they're going for two here, chasing points, thinking they were chasing points because of them missing earlier. No, you know, no. that They weren't necessarily chasing that point. They were trying to make it a three-score game. My goodness. These, some of these announcers are just brain dead. They're, they're as dumb as the head coaches when it comes to simple arithmetic. You're trying to make it a 17-3 score game. 17 points. You know, the, you think somebody would have said in his ear, hey, you know, they don't make it. They're still up two scores plus, you know, with the extra point. If they do make it, they're up three scores. You know, that that's why you they're, they're going for two. It's not because they didn't make it on the previous attempt. They're doing it because they want to be up 17 in three scores. Man, just, just as dumb as a box of rocks sometimes. So Packers win 32-18, and uh, they're going to beat the winner of uh, this afternoon's New Orleans and Tampa Bay games. So two decent games yesterday, but nothing, you know, the Buffalo Baltimore really one was a snooze fest. All right, we'll break them more down coming up right here on an office of fixed morning, 36 past the hour. Scott for the uh, series, 6th. Remember, you can listen to SportsGrid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: the sports grid radio network you know, it's january so they're well aware of what's at stake uh, and really our focus is just playing good football i know that sounds simple but that's kind of what we're hanging our hat on and that's part of thursday is, is understanding what the coaches installed this morning getting out on the field walking through it and then having a really sharp practice but uh, ultimately when you when you get in that stadium sunday everybody's well aware of what's at stake 40 minutes past the hour, Scott Wetzel on a Sunday morning right here on Sports Grid Radio, taking you right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time as we do every Sunday, Monday through Friday from 5 to 7 a.m., and then Sunday a little bit later, get sleeping a little bit uh, from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern right here on Sports Grid Radio, uh, Sirius XM 204 among your uh, local affiliates as well. That was uh, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski talking about his battle with the uh, Kansas City Chefs later on today. That's the first of two. That's a 3.05 Eastern time start. You know, that's the subject of our poll question, a pretty easy popcorn radio replacement type of thing, as we like to do with our poll questions. We keep them simple. Uh, Kansas City laying 10, Tampa Bay plus three, New Orleans minus three, and the proverbial other as our best bet today with the NFL playoffs kicking off. You could throw an over-under in there as well if you're wondering why I just didn't put the Browns on there. Uh, you got a couple of over-unders that are in play, or maybe even a, a goofy prop bet. Uh, so New Orleans three, Tampa Bay plus three, KC laying 10, or the other. Early on, uh, you got about 70 votes. We posted about a half hour ago. Not too bad. Tampa Bay plus three is uh, your winner so far. 36% of the votes. Uh, Saints getting 29%, KC 23 and the other are getting uh, 11.5% of the vote, uh, get to opposite picks, and we'll uh, put that in a couple more times, and we'll uh, update that, like I said, a couple more times before we are through. alright uh right, uh, 844-843-6879. Again, eight four four eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Speaking of beating the boys in Vegas, or at least trying to, boy, I tell you, there's no better example I can give you on how even when you have a winner, you don't win. It, it is just amazing. Loved, 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 loved over 11 and a half attempts rushing Lamar Jackson yesterday, right? Now, the game plan didn't quite go as I thought with them throwing as much as I th- they did, but he had five carries. The over under was 11 and a half, right? He had five carries after the first quarter. Well on pace. Well, well, well on pace. Uh, he had, you know, seven or eight. Uh, At halftime, again, well on pace. He had nine in the third quarter. Again, all we need are three lousy carries. There's no way in the world he was not going to get three more carries. Whether it's design runs, the beauty of it all with him, and he's scrambling quarterbacks, and he's over under on quarterback uh, rushing attempt props is that, now, they don't get an attempt if they're being sacked, but they do if they're scrambling around and maybe they run for a yard. You know, the difference between them being pressured, scrambling around and being tackled for a one-yard loss versus them dropping back to pass, being pressured and scrambling for a one-yard gain is that if it's a one-yard gain, that counts as a run. You get an attempt. So knowing that... You know, Lamar Jackson, you, you, they're going to design 8, 9, 10 plays absolutely for him to just run the football. And you know there's going to be three or four that he's going to be scrambling around creating some runs. So he's good for 10 to 15. I forget 10. He's good for 15 carries. He just is, right? And he's on pace yesterday. No brainer. Loved it. Just an absolute lock. Forget about who's winning, losing, over, unders. Just put it all on Lamar Jackson getting at least 12 runs. There's no way in the world, you know, he's not going to get 12 carries. He had nine. He had nine. Nine for 34 yards because the dopey center centers the ball about 15 feet over the poor guy's head. He's got to scramble back to his, uh, you know, two-yard line to pick up a pass. He's off balance. You know, he tries to throw it away, does the you know the right thing and trying to uh, avoid that you know basically 15-20 yard uh, loss of uh, loss, and he gets his head slammed against the uh, the turf. He's out with a concussion, does not return. Ends up with nine carries, unfreaking believable. I, I it's just. And I noted that to my guys, and we were talking about it on, on uh, in game live when we were talking to me and uh, my car for Friday night. I said, you know, barring an injury, you always have to throw that out there. Whenever you give like locks, you know, picks you really, really like when it comes to these over under props on yardage gains and stuff like that, you know, you always got to throw out there that, you know, barring an injury, he's going to do this. Barring an injury, they're going to score four touchdowns. Or barring an injury, the guy's going to have 20 carries or 100 yards, whatever the case may be. Well, you know, you think that's a throwaway line, but it wasn't yesterday. Unbelievable! I mean, he he would have had—I'm telling you—he would have had 15 carries. I thought I thought maybe he even still had 12 already, because I knew he had five or so at the half. And you know, there were a couple of times I was running around doing things in the house, and I, I missed a you know a couple of plays. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, I I got him for right around nine anyway. I really think they, they missed out on a couple of plays, you know, and a couple that were scrambles that they may have decided were not scrambles. But uh, I, I thought he actually had 12 anyway, but he didn't. I mean, it's just, a, again, another example. You, you got the system down. It made all the sense in the world. I had all the stats. When you look up all the close games that Baltimore played – You know, he would always have more than 11.5. It was only 11.5 because a lot of these props. Listen, there's literally 300 props in every single one of these playoff games. There's no one sitting there analyzing these things. It's all done by uh, percentages. And the percentage is 11.5, but that's because he would have some blowout wins. And he wouldn't rush the football. They wouldn't put his, you know, his life on the line in a game that they're leading by 30 points. Why would you do that? So his numbers were only 11 and a half. But if you played it out on the comp- in the competitive games, it was closer to 14, 15. So it was, it was, it made all the sense in the world. And the guy gets hurt. Unbelievable. Uh, unfreaking believable. So hopefully today's games will be a little bit better. Again, you know, Packers Rams was was okay, but I just. Watching that thing, I just never thought the Rams were gonna win. You know, I, I, for, for me, even though the score was only a two-score game, and I, and the Rams made a little bit of a run there, they did cut it to one score. I, I just though never really thought they were going to win. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I was, I was thinking it would be more of a three-score game than it would have been a one-score game. So that that you know, it was okay. No, no, nothing. I always add, would I ever watch that game again though. No. Whatever take you know, if I had got two hours to kill. And I can condense it without commercials, uh, and the commercials again are just incessant, are just unbelievable. Uh, would I ever watch? No, I would not ever watch that one again. Uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, I, I might watch that one again. Watch that one again just to see, like, how didn't they score? I mean, I don't understand how you know Baltimore couldn't score at all against that Buffalo defense that gave up 20 points or more basically every game they had this year. That is not a great Buffalo defense. It really isn't. And and Baltimore and Lamar Jackson just could not score. So that that, that was a ho-hum game. Uh, I think the two, you know, today should be uh, better. You know, as long as the Browns don't get blown out. That, that's the key. You know, those numbers I gave you on Friday. That's why I like Green Bay more than anything else. Uh forget the cold weather. You know, that that played a little role into it. But, you know, the numbers for Uh, Green Bay are going to be the same numbers that are going to be for Kansas City. And that is these underdog winners in the wild card round, i.e. the Rams and Browns. They just don't win again. They don't. You know, know, history says that you can do it one time. You can pull off the upset. But whether it's you're facing a better team, whether it's uh, difficult to play back-to-back road games, you know, in some cases, you know, it would be back-to-back-to-back You know road games because they finish up the regular season on the road, uh, as as Cleveland did. Uh, So you know maybe just maybe that you know plays a role in it. But I just think they play better competition, and I think they're so thrilled about winning one game that they realize they're playing with house money and they just can't do it back to back. So the Rams failed to win or cover yesterday, and the Browns are in the same spot, 12 and 46. Those underdog wild card winners, 12 and 46, the rest of the postseason. 22 and 36 against the spread. So it's not even like they're really covering that much, you know, a little bit better than 12 and 46, but still 14 games under 500 covering the spread. Um, then you throw in there. If you want to go a little anal teams, that give up 30 points in the postseason and win the next time out six and 10 straight up as the Browns did last week against Pittsburgh. So you're getting a big number 10. It's tough to turn down 10 points. Then you throw in Andy Reid, 26 and 6 straight up, 21 and 11 against the spread after bye weeks. That's big. But I, I will, as I pointed out on Friday when we gave out these numbers, you know, most of those are, he knows his opponent. You know, if you have a bye week in the regular season, you just fast forward two weeks and say, all right, we're going to play, you know, Cleveland in two weeks. So I got two weeks to prepare. You know, Kansas City didn't have two weeks to prepare for Cleveland. In fact, they probably would have prepared, I would have thought, a little bit more for Pittsburgh since Pittsburgh was the home team last week. So it's not the traditional two-week preparation. It's just two weeks. Now, Andy Reid is 6-2. and In the postseason, uh, or after a bye, so he's been able to do it in the postseason, not quite a 26 and 6, but you know, most of that 26 and 6 is the regular season. And then the other thing, if you're a Browns fan, you can hold your hat on it, is the Kansas City is 07 and 1 against the spread, uh, over the last eight weeks. They haven't won a football game by more than six points in two months. That's really amazing. All wins except for one, uh, to close out the regular season, which they weren't trying against the Chargers, but other than that. They're all wins by six points or less. And now you're being asked to lay 10 in a playoff game with a hot quarterback. But, you know, like I did with the, with the Packers yesterday, I, I'm going to side with Kansas City. I, I can't, I just can't get over those wild card numbers. You know, trends are, are great if they're for you. They're, they're lousy if they're against you, you know. And I generally don't like relying on trends to make a pick. But when they're that overwhelming – 12 and 46 are the Cleveland Browns of all teams to kind of upset the apple cart. Is Cleveland really going to do it at Kansas city? I don't think so. I I, I think Kansas city not, not poo pooed the regular season, but you know, we, we haven't seen Kansas city's a game. They had some issues with the running back, uh, you know, uh, and, and everything else that went on with that club and just the, the malaise of being a Super Bowl hangover and everything else. They did a pretty good job avoiding that, but I think they've been chomping at the bit to get to where they are right now. I, I think, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like an NBA team uh, that kind of, you know, just uh, goes 500 the last two weeks of a regular season, just waiting for the postseason to begin. I think that's been Kansas City. I, I think for one of the few times this year, we're going to get Kansas City's AA game. Right, it's going to be very difficult for Cleveland to pull off back-to-back wins. And let's face it, the Steelers just gift-wrapped that game for Cleveland last week. I mean, the first snap, creating a Browns touchdown, Roethlisberger, the four turnovers, uh, leading the easy scores on two of them. That stuff doesn't happen two weeks in a row. It, it, it just doesn't. For all the great breaks that you get one game the next week, all the breaks go against you. So, laying 10 is tough. It, it really is. It's a big number. That means you really have to be up 17-plus, Still be able to give up the old by the way, which every team scores and cover the number. You know, that, that's how you have to look at it. It's not necessarily laying 10, believe it or not. It means you have to be up 18 points late in the game because otherwise Cleveland's going to come down and get the old by the way touchdown and get the backdoor cover. So are they going to be up 18? I'm going to say yes. I, I'm going to say they're going to be up enough where they're going to be able to give up one score. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't think they're going to get blown out. I don't see a 45 10 type of game. But I, I think Kansas City is going to show why they're the defending champ. I think we're going to get, like you said, Kansas City's A game for a rare time this year. All right, uh, opposite picks on this Sunday morning. Closing out our number one. One segment to go. Here's Julie Sitting in. taking you right up. Control. Check out the hockey action from last night. You know, we've been following the overs in the NHL. And uh, when me and Mike Carver were doing in-game live uh, on TV Friday night, you know, we both mentioned that sooner or later this thing is going to turn because we had an overrun of first 20 games in the NHL, 14 overs, and only six unders. I mean, scoring was just going rampant, right? So the big question, though, is, you know, when does it turn? You know it's going to turn sooner or later. When does it turn? Let's see last night. Uh, Devils, Bruins, 2-1 under. Uh, Coyote Sharks, 5-3. Arizona over. 1-1. One one. Rangers, 5-0 over the Islanders, under. Uh, Red Wings, 4-2 uh, over Carolina, six goals. That's a push. Uh, Toronto, Ottawa, under. So that's uh, what are we at? One and two and three. One, three, and one. Uh, Canadians, Edmonton push. One-three and two. Preds over. Two, three, and two. Wild Kings over. Three, three, and two. Flames under. Three, four, and two. Golden Knights under. Two to one in overtime. So, three, five, and two yesterday was the over under picture. So, it's come back to the pack. You get the, you know, FanDuel's posted a lot of six and a halfs, which, you know, it's tough getting seven goals. Even at six, you know, obviously you need seven goals still, but, you know, having a loss at six and a half, it it is tough to go with an over. So, and I I think with the reduced amount of games that you're going to get playoff hockey, if you will, a lot sooner this year. You know, basically, I I think from the get-go, because every point's going to count. It's going to be difficult for these teams to make the postseason. There's only 56 games, and and a lot of teams are going to play less than that because of the COVID. Some of these games are going to get postponed and not be made up, so... You know, maybe, just maybe, you're seeing, uh, you know, the tie turn a little bit. Only three overs last night in all the games. And a couple pushes with five unders. So be careful if you just do a blanket over in the NHL. All right, one hour in the books, one to go. Scott Wetzel sitting in on this Sunday morning, taking it right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll break down Packers, Rams, Buffalo, Baltimore, and we'll uh, preview today's games all coming up next. For the Radio next we your be Coming at you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate.